Hyderabad for Pakistan and the Netherlands. I'm Adam Collins. I have Cam Ponsonby with me. We're here for uh, Westfield, London, Westfield, Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Cam, take it away. 30-second summary. Pakistan won to start at the end, but the Netherlands had a chance. Started, Netherlands bowling first, got Pakistan down to 38 for three, and then Shaquille and Rizwan put on a fantastic 121-run partnership. That got broken, and then Pakistan kind of stumbled to yep. about 282. In reply, the Netherlands got all the way to 120 for two, but put more time into the game, quality wins out. They didn't have the strength in batting to kind of survive a Harris-Ralph onslaught. And it ended up with an 81-run win. Yeah, it doesn't feel fair, does it, that the Netherlands had their chance here. It kind of at once felt like St. Patrick's Day 2007, where Ireland knocked off Pakistan in stunning circumstances. But at the same time, uh, the, the, the golfing class, which you often see, don't you, in 50-over cricket compared to 20-over cricket. If this were a T20 international, uh, the Netherlands are more than a puncher's chance of coming out on top, but with the extended game, 50 overs, it gives a chance for those high-profile, battle-hardened Pakistan players to turn the screws, and Harris-Ralph did that at one stage. They took three for 13. Netherlands were, I wouldn't say cruising, but at 120 for two, uh, they were in a position where they were needing seven and over, um, over a sort of a chaseable amount of time. Like, it didn't feel like they needed to go at sevens for too long. But yeah, three wickets, two of them in one Harris Ralph over. Could have been three in and over if not for a drop catch, and that turned the tide. Yeah, I, I, I think we kind of disagree on this point in that I feel like you think the Netherlands were more in the game than I do. I kind of, this game kind of went the way I was expecting from the off. It's exactly what you say. When it's T20, the volatility is high, anything can happen. Yeah, the Netherlands might have pinched a win. But even when they were 120 for two and they needed sevens, I was like, there's a reason Pakistan only got 280. There's a reason yeah. why they're finding it difficult. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, we get, we get to bowl as well. Like, mm. we don't just have to struggle batting. And so when that run rate was going up, I just thought, would the Netherlands have the quality? If Colin Ackerman was looking like a really good spinner, which he is, but not that great, What's Shadab Khan going to be like on it? Yeah, I suppose for me it was more the fact that Vikramjit Singh was batting so delightfully. And Baz Delita uh, is the kind of guy who's got the Netherlands over the line in World Cup games before. We were down there in Geelong last year. He did it a couple of times in close chases, albeit smaller um, scores. They were going at sort of a runner ball on, on those occasions. But nevertheless, he's got, he's got that club in the bag to, um, to play clutch roles. And he'd taken four wickets. He becomes... The fourth associate, is a bit of a niche stat, but I like it anyway, the fourth associate player take a four for and a 50 in a World Cup game, which I think, and the first being Duncan Fletcher famously in 83 against Australia for Zimbabwe. But um, that, that performance from Baz Delita, backing in what he did against Scotland to get them to the World Cup, uh, two searing deliveries to knock over um, initially Rizwan, and I can't remember the second bowl that he, that he, um, where he picked up uh, two wickets in and over twice, but still, they were balls nipping back off the seam, moving through the air at pace, and he whacks it. He hit Harris Rao for a massive six towards the end just before he was bowled by Nawaz. That was probably the main moment, wasn't yeah. it? Because with, with the leader there, the Netherlands were always a chance. So I feel like I need to get my head out of my ass a little bit about Baz Delita because I used to never rate him and I'm clearly wrong. I thought, I thought the stat you were going to go for, by the way, was Ben Gardner from Wisdom's um, pointed out that no one for the Netherlands, only the leaders, apart from against Namibia, have taken four wicket hauls in the World Cup. Yeah, because the last works, person yep. to do it against someone was his dad about 7,000 years ago or yep. something like this. But Baz Delita, I think 
I kind of look at him as two different players. With the ball, I consider him a bowler of great balls. Like he had that double wicket over where it was like, oh my god, they're, they're a real chance here at this moment. When he had that amazing delivery to get Rizwan, and then I think it was if Shut up, Cam, wasn't that the other one he knocked it over? Yes. Yeah. And then. But aside from that, he kind of bowls these like fast and loose deliveries. He's gone over a runner ball, but he takes that he's a wicket-taking attacking bowler. Mm. I kind of think if he was a batter in his current bowling form, he'd have the best cover drive in the world and average 15 because he just finds ways to muck up the rest of the time. But has that incredible thing in club in his bag, as you were saying earlier. Yeah, but the with, the, with the bat though, like serious cricketer, and he did seem he was the one player where I was like that. The seven and over didn't seem that intimidating. He played one incredible shot, it's a straight drive. I was actually going to go for the little clip over oh, um, yeah, mid-wicket. I think it was Nawaz, and he's gone against the spin. He's got to the pitch of the ball, and he's just flicked it. And there's no way he's tried to hit it for six, because mm. mid-wicket was in the ring. He was just trying to beat the fielder in the ring. And there was an amazing shot. It panned over to Vikram Singh, his mate, and just looking at him, kind of like purring at his mate, going like, that was, that was seriously good, mate. Yeah, there was two of them. As soon as uh, Vikram Jit was out, he played a straight drive off Harris Rauf the next over, which was you know, the most classical shot of the day. But yeah, the, the, the time in the game when he played that, it showed the intent which they required to go at sevens from where they did, but yet yeah, not to be. And um, uh, Harris Ralph has that extra yard. They didn't really need to lean upon Shaheen Sharafridi too often today, although he did take uh, a wicket when he came back into the attack late. The fact that he had, I think it was six of the last 21 to send down, for, might have been six of the last 20 Shaheen had. And yeah. we saw that a little bit with Delita as well. Delita only bowled three until the, the death overs and bowled his last seven or near enough to his last seven off the reel. So maybe that's a pattern early in the tournament that they're holding back um, the big gun seamers to bowl the toughest overs at the end. I kind of saw that with um, Pakistan doing that in the, when Netherlands were chasing, but actually more with the spin and that Shadab Khan was the third spinner to bowl and it was kind of like put time into yep. the game and get, let that run rate build. I thought Shaheen, um, I thought, I think it would be very easy to look at Shaheen going wicketless for those first four overs at the top and kind of go, oh, has he not started the tournament very well? I actually thought he bowled perfectly fine. Um, Singh missed three of the first four balls he bowled. Mm. Singh's an incredibly elegant player in isolation. He, he doesn't move his feet at all. And so when everything works, like, it's beautiful. It's incredible. Stick it on your bedroom wall. And then when it doesn't work, he's kind of, well, he's not moved anywhere, so it looks ridiculous kind of thing. And so I think Shaheen has started fine. It's not a kind of case... To to be worried about for Pakistan at all and he's obviously has so much more importance on his role as well mm. as Harris, Ralph and Hassan Ali with the absence of Nazim Shah. We saw um, Vikram play two glorious shots off Shaheen behind point in the power play which might speak to your point that you know, he's not moving his feet, he's reaching it a fraction later and thus he's skewering it um, through that gap where there often will be early in a one-day international. Going back to Pakistan's inning, so Rizwan and Sorchakil put on 120. At one stage, Pakistan are in strife early on too. They're 38 for three when Imam is out. Before that, Barbara Azam gives a catch to mid-wicket. One of several bowling changes that Scott Edwards made immediately brought a wicket. I think four times through the course of the 50 overs, he made a change and immediately brought a wicket for the Dutch. And you know, They said this on, on the coverage that he seemed like he was one step ahead. And I might rant a bit more about this in the... Um, in the Hall of Fame, you know, fuck it, I'll do it now. Um, you know, there's been a lot made of whether there's space for bilateral one-day cricket in the future, yeah. and I understand and respect where it's coming from. Um, there is an important period of time coming up with Test cricket. Where do we find room for enough Test cricket being played across enough nations for it to remain credible and authentic, and so on? And thus, one-day cricket seems to be the format getting squeezed, but. How have Netherlands reached a point where they're pushing Pakistan? And I reckon they'll push a lot of teams through this comp. They've kept 
at least three full members out of this tournament who they've beaten in the qualification in Zimbabwe back in July. It's by being in the World Cup Super League. They played 24 one-dayers over the last three years against other full member nations. They've got that bulk load of cricket in, which means a captain like Scott Edwards isn't walking into a tournament intimidated in the way that, say, Tim Delita would have when he rocked up in yeah. 1996 when they were clearly a mismatch, or 2003, um, which was the, the last time before 2011 where they, they played in a World Cup. That felt like they were always going to be rolled eventually by the bigger nations. That that imbalance doesn't feel quite as acute because they've played so much one-day cricket. So it isn't, I don't think, a, a one-size-fits-all when it comes to how much bilateral one-day cricket there will be into the future. I think this match was probably a really good insight in the kind of the improvement, progression of associate, for one of the better, for one of the literal word, um, but also still the gap between the two nations. And that was saying, like, it was, it was a competition, it was a proper contest that was not a match that Pakistan are going to go home from tonight and go oh, we rolled them over and it's not going to be a case that everyone's going to rock up to the Netherlands game and be like this is our banker we're going to just turn up win right. but at the same time as we referred to before like the more time that was put into the game the more it was a case of I think Harris obviously Harris Ralph bowls 90 miles an hour so he's going to get a lot of people for second ball ducks um, and it was Scott Edwards on this occasion but just to have that quality that was a real kind of snapshot of the difference in ability mm. where it was a case of this guy bowls 90, someone's coming at number seven, four, six or seven. I think I actually messaged you and it was the fifth wicket down. I went, game over, yeah, done. Like yeah. that is the point where you need the kind of smaller nations need their kind of big guns to put in the incredible individual performances to kind of make up that difference in quality. Pakistan found themselves in deep net run rate trouble uh, four years ago. They lost heavily to the Windies and they ended up missing out on the semi on the basis of that, that tie-breaking mechanism to New Zealand, I think it was from memory, who, who finished in fourth spot in the group stage. This time around, Pakistan have started off by, you know, they're, they're 0.7 in yeah. the black. Interesting, though, that, that like the Netherlands are at um, negative uh, 0.7. England, negative 2.1. I'll never thoroughly understand net run rate but it does feel a bit stiff that England have now um, got a net run rate that's two and a half times worse than the Netherlands on a result that's broadly the same. I know that um, New Zealand got there you know, in style yesterday and, and, I, and I get that wickets lost to play a role in all of this but the Dutch were still bowled out in 41 overs. Yeah I, I, I'm, I'm really sad you've asked me to explain net run rate stuff because <laughs> I'm really going to struggle but I, I think I'm, England should have like a minus a million net run rate. That's the, it was the biggest thumping in history, as far as I could tell, <laughs> and I decided. And again, it was, it was a bit weird. Like the score, the result flashed up on the screen at the end. And you, you've sat through this match of like of a good cricket match, a good competitive cricket match. Yep. And then all of a sudden it goes, the Netherlands lose by 81, by 81 runs, having been bowled out in 41 overs. And you've kind of got like, what? Like, it feels like um, it's a football match that someone's won 3-1 or 4-1, but like goals three and four have come in injury time. You go, no, no, that was a competitive fixture. Right. And the scoreline doesn't quite reflect kind of how close it was throughout the kind of length of time it was. It's the 1966 World Cup final is what you're Absolutely. To I, I, With the goals I and think of that time. all the time. <laughs> uh, Hassan Ali, first one day of uh, yeah. uh, a year. Did he bowl, was it 20 of his first 24 balls with dots? A couple of extras in there too, but um, a couple of wickets, one early. With a short ball that I don't think O'Dowd was expecting, um, but there were four dots that immediately came before the, the bouncer. Yeah. And Hassan Ali's always been just a snifter quicker than people give him credit for because he's relatively short and he bustles in and so on. People don't think he's got wheels, but but he always has. Uh, and then he got one late as well. He was brought back into the attack and took a wicket straight away. So I know they've not got the same shard, but quite useful having a guy who's played so much cricket slot back in to share the new yeah. ball with Shaheen Sharafridi. He's got incredible posture in his run-up. <laughs> he's got the straightest back I've ever seen. He was getting a really hard gig from, from the commentary on broadcast. They were going like, oh, we're not used to our bowlers bowling 130. 
we like them a bit quicker normally it sounds better it looks different and I was like <laughs> man's representing his country in the World Cup but no it was I, I thought it was a really good example of so we're only two games in but a kind of a sense of and I'm, I'm really reluctant to make too much of a sweeping statement about the conditions being played in because one of the big kind of people who know what they're talking about when they refer to India they kind of refer to it as like a continent as it were so it's like you can play different parts of the nation I like playing in different continents normally like mm-hmm. Dharamsala is going to be very different to Hyderabad for instance Right. but for both these games for day and yesterday there's been opening bowlers and spinners have been able to get the ball to hold in the wickets in a way where it's been incredibly difficult for teams to rotate the strike so Singh had it Singh was kind of mm-hmm. pretty much boom or bust beautiful cover drives or dots and it was the same with Hassan Ali at the other end he was just bowling dot balls on occasion I think it was Ackerman managed to squeeze a couple through the offside but it was that kind of whether that actually is a reflection that Yes, Hassan Ali is having to replace Nazim Shah, and that's a huge kind of set of boots to fill. But actually, is that style of bowler going to be very favourable throughout the tournament and have Pakistan almost, through loss of a superstar, kind of got the kind of wily old clubby that actually kind of sometimes gets even more wickets? Yeah, the, the one that looks like a wily old clubby for Pakistan is Mohamed Nawaz, but he gets the key wicket of Delita that spins past the edge yeah. and hits the off stump. Cops a little kiss on the cheek from uh, Imam Al Haq for his travel there Perfect. to Mohammed Nawaz. There is still work to be done. Like I'm not entirely sure and convinced that Iftika plus Nawaz plus Shadab Shadab doesn't feel as potent as yeah. he used to be. This got raised on um, television a little bit too that there have been some adjustments maybe. And but still, that, they've got to find 20 overs out of those three at the moment. Fakir Zaman's out of form, but they'll presumably stick with him on the basis that he's a match winner and they're not going to punt him early in the tournament having still had a convincing win. So, you know, there is room for growth for Pakistan who, we'll go through it, who they play next. They've got uh, Sri Lanka on Tuesday. They stay in Hyderabad. Then they've got India, which is their third game at Ahmedabad, which is the the blockbuster. So you would think from here for Pakistan, they need a really strong performance against Sri Lanka to build to where they might be to knock off India a couple of days after that. To go back to your point about that, that kind of trio of spinners, I, and this is, maybe I just have a, a kind of a, a great emotional attachment to all kind of second string off spinners, basically. <laughs> but I genuinely, I feel like it's going to be the tournament of the second spinner right. because they, you're getting a bit more purchase in India. You're going to have to bowl and teams have to attack you. And so we saw it yesterday of Glenn Phillips yeah. getting those two vital wickets against England. Moeen Ali trying to force a pull shot. Joe Root going on the sweep. We saw it today with Ackman getting out first ball to Iftikhar, trying to force the issue. And it was a mate on, on commentary, Shane Watson was just kind of bereft. He was like, just stand there. Just, just, stand, wait, yeah. just stand there and whack it straight. And uh, because I still have uh, access to the Crickviz stuff, I, I don't know if I <laughs> will use it anyway. Contra- contractual problems. It's fine. I, I, it's I, was fine, fine. Up, I was hitting up Ben Jones who will post his <laughs> show occasionally from India through the tournament saying, where's the Windviz thing on yeah. the app? He's like, oh, it's, oh. Uh, it's, uh, I'll, I'll get it put on there. But I know Windviz is certainly part of the tournament. Just a segue before you yeah. finish your point. I, I reckon Windviz would have had the Netherlands in front when Delita was betting um, with Vikram. Just at that particular point, maybe not quite in front, they would have had at least a four in front of it. It's like the it numbers, not the well, gut though, is it? No, yeah, sure. I'm just saying it, they weren't sure. that far away. Anyway, continue. Um, but So I, I looked up to see... Shane Watson, how often he swept in like ODI cricket, and he just didn't. He just like never ever really? swept because he basically he was like he was, he was saying what he said on commentary. He was like stand there and whack it straight. Like what's the problem? And you're kind of like well, other play you're really good at that, Shane. Other people are good at other things. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's I think Pakistan's little spin trio there. They've got all three. They've got left arm, right arm, um, leg spinner. I think that'll be fine. I think that'll work. And I think you'll see, even though Shadab Khan's been struggling of late. So he might be having a bit more of a difficult time. He'll still get that respect 
that the Premier spinner will get. And as a result, we'll see if Takara Mohamed Nawaz maybe taking more wickets than you'd otherwise expect. And final word on the Dutch. I mean, they used eight bowlers. They did a great job with the ball. Pakistan were lucky to get 286 based on a 19-run stand for the final wicket. I know they've got potentially an injury concern with, with Logan Van Beek, but um, time will tell there. Um, their next encounter uh, is on Monday. They're also staying in Hyderabad where they play New Zealand, who are in red-hot form uh, after their win over England on day it's one. Basically New Zealand being New Zealand Day, that. That'd be great. There is a bit of that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah there, there are quite a few New Zealand players. All right, time for us to move into the final word Hall of Fame. Final word Hall of Fame throughout the course of this 2023 World Cup is brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. The best place to celebrate cricket as a sport. No better place uh, than uh, as I stumble over my lines. As <laughs> I stumble so over good. my lines it's on so day exciting. two. Celebrate today's trends as a shopping concept. Nowhere better than Westfield London this weekend. I think from memory, as Jeff said yesterday, yep. that was a little play on words for some dodgy copy that we received from the ICC okay, a couple you. of weeks ago nice. in the media release. The point stands. Uh, look laundrette between the 6th and the 8th of October. It's a 6th today, so over the weekend. See how the future of fashion is being influenced by style from around the world and the changing world uh, around us. Free workshops for all ages of on fashion, sustainability and exercise across the weekend and tune in live at 7pm which was yesterday so I won't keep saying that. Believe me though, <laughs> Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. We'll be Great talking place. a lot more about them and all the various things because they are fully committed to cricket which is why they're with us for this World Cup. Cam, uh, what stood out to you today? What was the most final word moment of the day in your eyes? I'll, I'll let you take take the best one so I'll start with the worst one. Um, <laughs> the second one, it was uh, Singh putting a massive dive to reach the non-striker's end and the bowler just the fielder just did not have the ball in his hands at all it was completely unnecessary he got the superman out and kind of looked up a bit sheepishly kind of like didn't really need to do that but it looked great 10, 10 out do, of 10. do we know why i did it like again even now i, I don't think I'd... i think he thought it'd been cleanly gathered right. but then but also you could see you can literally see him look at the fielder yep. who doesn't have the ball anymore and uh, he got himself nice and dirty for his for his troubles i think shane watson has a real future ahead of him as a tony greg pitch reporter um, when i was growing up that uh, you know big tall former blonde all-rounder tony greg would get down low and touch the surface and uh, be at one with the grass well what i was knocking the knocking the Perfect. pitch today which that's the technique he needs the car key though Needs Shane Watson with the car key before the next game. He, he, I would I would go as far to say one of the uh, one of the things that brought Jeff and me together was our riding on Watto when we oh, were bless. both you know jobbing freelancers trying to get work where we could. We both had yeah. a lot of words about Shane Watson when we were younger, um, and I'm glad we can talk about him throughout the course of this World Cup. We still never had him on the podcast. Is that so, is that a point of pain for oh, both of we, you? We really want to do it. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why we've never been able to nail that. Anyway. Um, the pronunciation of Baz Delita. Now, I'm yeah. going with Baz Delita because it was always Tim Delita. Yeah. And I do fair break where Babette Delita plays. Their cousins. It's Delita. We're cool with that, right? I think we yeah. accept. There's no other. It, um, there's two variants on it, though. I really okay. love. So, Dirk Nannis, who played for the Dutch side, I love the fact he's not going with Baz, he's going with Boz. Boz, yeah. Boz. Like, like a DJ at a German trance club buzz deluda and, okay. and i'm tipping dirk would have done his homework so it probably is buzz yeah what it almost certainly <laughs> isn't is what ramiz raja was identifying him as which was baz the lady baz the lady I'm pretty confident it's not baz the lady um I, I stand to be corrected um and i like ramiz a lot it's not personal yep. um and i'm um, reluctant to bag commentators for pronunciation because god knows i've made some howlers in my time on air but we're early in the tournament room for improvement cam maybe maybe Dirk has the first name right, 
and Ramiz as the second name right, and everyone's been getting it wrong. It's a common. It's Buzz yeah. the Lady. I think yeah, it could be. I think I, I think yeah. Buzz the Leader. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where we land we, in a couple of games' time. We've got to have a word for the the leader's wink though, to oh, yeah, Harris yeah, Ralph, good. hooking away um, the ball over for six, and they these two have history in that. Uh, Harris Ralph hit Delida uh, during the T20 World Cup last year. Delida got an amazing like mm. uh, cut across his cheek from where the grill went in. Big black eye. It's like a 20-minute delay, wasn't there? It was a really brutal. It, was it wasn't yeah. nice, yeah. yeah. And um, I think um, Harris Ralph had him, gave him some inspirational words like "You'll come back stronger from this," which is so rude whilst being mean. <laughs> Just like it's like, don't worry, mate. One day you'll be good enough to play me. It's fine. And then uh, this time around, get, gets the big hook shot out. Hook shot out. Flashes him a little wink, and uh, I think they're all friends. Yeah, I mentioned before that um, when uh, when uh, when Delita was dismissed, that Imam kissed Nawaz. How about the TV graphics being broken for a time, and then they they yeah. they turned to the old handreel scoreboard at Hyderabad. They showed that Wonderful. between overs, which more of please. Even if they've got the graphics, <laughs> I love uh, that's very the old scoreboards. Yeah. And, and just a, a note for Katie Martin, what a gun she is. Um, yeah. uh, Katie Martin, who. Always enjoyed her being mic'd up when wicket-keeping for New Zealand. Yeah. Um, she made some great points on commentary today that that no one else was making. She's clearly doing her work, especially one around the boundary rope. Boundary rope, yeah. I thought that was spot on. Like, the Will boundary you, rope... Let's do another 20 minutes. Yeah, on the boundary no, right. rope. so the boundary rope, which was pushed back about two feet beyond where it should have been with the sponge, but the line's already marked in. She found out uh, what the actual boundary line should be. That's always a slight point of contention, especially in club cricket. Um, but yeah, it was a, a one of those one percenters thing. If you're thinking hard about it, yeah. you should be making that adjustment as a fielding site so you don't get caught out. Because I I didn't know that. I always thought it was kind of something that a lot of cricketers do. You kind of move it back in a yard, but then because obviously it's a professional ground, there's the mark left no, over. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I was so relieved it didn't come into play because if if we'd got a situation where it was three to win off the last ball and a fielder fields the ball just inside the boundary but over the, the line and it goes actually that's four runs oh, that would have made me really sad it's, it's a bit it's a bit much for me that it gives me a chance for a segue in saying that story time uh, our history show comes out tomorrow about six months ago we told the story of where there were two ropes laid next to each other a one day between New Zealand and South Africa at the Gabba in 97 the ball landed right between them what do you do there? I think that's six I think that's six even I, I think from memory it ended up as a four and the game was resolved by one run that's my recollection. Although That's maybe that it was six. We certainly told the story. It's um, got to be six because you've, got, you've gone past the first rope. That's, that, that's the point. But that is the boundary. What is the real quiz? Who's to know? Um, story time out tomorrow because tomorrow is a Saturday. Jeff and I recorded that before he jumped on a plane. Two games tomorrow. I'll have Tushina Hantaraja with me doing the first one, which is between Bangladesh and Afghanistan. We're up north in Dharamshala. Talk about um, you know, a different country. Uh, well, yeah. the, the, the difference there between the air quality in Dharamshala versus the second game where um, South Africa uh, are playing Sri Lanka Wicked. at Delhi. Um, so they can um, look forward to that. Cam, been great having you with us. Thank You'll you very be much. one of our London co-hosts through the course of the tournament. We'll be here every single day for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. If you like what we're doing, subscribe, follow us on Patreon, do all the things you would normally do, share the podcast, follow us on social media. Every ep will be on YouTube as well. Uh, Pakistan off the mark with a handsome win by 81 runs over the Netherlands. Chat tomorrow. I had to go about.